0: You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's up, Hale State Nation? Welcome in to Locked On Mississippi State, a daily look into the world of Mississippi State Bulldog athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Jones. Locked On Mississippi State is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we thank you for listening to us, however you're listening to us today, whether it be on Spotify, whether it be on Apple Playlist, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, we thank you for taking part in today's show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Locked On Mississippi State. That way, one, you don't miss an episode of Locked On Mississippi State, and two, if you leave a review, uh, leave us a rating, That'll tell us everything we need to know about how we're doing at Locked On Mississippi State, and we can be sure to either get better or do whatever we need to do in order to make your listening experience the best that it can be. It's game week, finally. It's been so long since we've seen Mississippi State really play anything. I haven't really seen a lot of uh, sports action since the middle of March when both baseball and Softball were just getting underway, and the Bulldogs were getting underway in the SEC basketball tournament. and uh, Yeah, it's been a while, and I'm so thankful that we finally made it to game week. LSU is getting ready to welcome us into Tiger Stadium in Death Valley for a 2.30 kickoff on uh, CBS in Baton Rouge. Looking forward to uh, seeing how that game goes. We've got a new head coach and coach Mike Leach. We're going to be hearing a lot from him today uh, during today's show as we uh, recap some of his latest media availability and what he had to say regarding a handful of topics that so many Mississippi State fans are wanting to know about. Uh, you know, who, who are some of the other position battles outside of quarterback that are still up for grabs and how close are they to being decided? Uh, just preparing for LSU in general. And uh, some other position, or some some position players that have uh, moved around uh, since uh, training camp started, and really just how different things have been. Knowing that there were there was not a spring practice, there wasn't. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot less time to get ready for week one than uh, than normal. So uh, we're going to be uh, hearing from Coach Leach about that. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about one of the better performances I've seen in NFL Sunday history and why it completely uh, tore me apart in in a handful of ways. We're going to be talking about that later on in the show as well. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code On, and you will get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On. For $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're going to be talking about what uh, Coach Leach said in his most recent media availability. A handful of topics that we care about, including some position battles. And does he name a starting quarterback? We'll uh, get a little bit further into that. We'll also talk about uh, his thoughts on the LSU's game coming up on Saturday. And how he and the team is preparing for that. We'll first start off with what's happening in our own camp in Stark, Vegas. Uh, New coaches coming in for Coach Mike Leach. It's a brand-new school for him, brand-new coaches for all of us and for all the players. Uh, One of those coaches in particular that he is uh, working with is defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett playing for Coach Rocky Long in college, Uh, Coach Long, uh, longtime head coach at the University of New Mexico. Now he is at San Diego State University, one of the few old-school Hard Knocks guys that we have left in college football nowadays and Zach Arnett, one of his disciples is now the defensive coordinator At Mississippi State. So what's it like working with defensive coordinator Zach Arnett who came from uh, The great linebacking core that used to play for coach Rocky Long.
1: Well, it's been really good because he's really intense And of course he played linebacker and he behaves like one, but he's a really smart guy And uh, so I think he brings a lot of intensity. I think our players draw from it, Um, and then you know that's one thing players love is they love being unleashed and uh, um, you know twists, slants, all stunts and line movement, and then uh, also blitzing. And so he gives you a different look every time. Um, I think it's made our offense better. I think in particular. You know, what he does is allowed our offensive line uh, to take bigger strides than perhaps they would have otherwise. And uh, so I think it's been very positive. It's, uh, I guess the quick answer is, uh, you know, it's been everything I thought it would be.
0: Keeping on the topic of defense, of course the defense is trying to get ready to take on SEC offenses, but primarily they've been helping – Uh, the air raid offense that Mississippi state will be running this week, trying to get ready to go against LSU and some of those other tough sec defenses. But how prepared is Mississippi state's defense for the run heavy offenses that we'll see against LSU, that we'll see against Alabama that we'll see against Georgia later in the year. Coach Leeds answers that question here.
1: I think we're getting towards an adequate amount. You know, we're working against scouts now. So you know, they pretty much work against uh, whatever they want to work against as far as that goes, and so do we on offense. Um, so we started the scouts this week. Uh, in the midst of that, we had an inside period every day. Uh, would Occasionally would have a team run period. Um, but then, you know, both sides of the ball kind of face the same thing. I mean, there's uh, different defensive packages present different things that uh, – our defense doesn't, and same with our offense. So, um, you know, that's the thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, the ultimate battle in, in football is, is uh, you know, you want to go good on good as much as you can, but, you know, your top level needs to work on what they're going to do. And then you go to the scouts, and um, uh, the good news is, is that uh, if you're getting really good scout work, and we're headed that direction. I don't think we're there yet, but we've only been at it for uh, three days on it. Um, if you're getting really good scout work, that really duplicates it well. It um, allows you to, uh, you know, to be uh, to be contested, but also uh, get in a rhythm and execute what you want to do. Um, and so. Uh, but you hope the tempo's there with the Scouts and I think the, the more they get acclimated to doing that and then uh, duplicating uh, what we're asking them to do on both sides of the ball, the better it gets. I, if you go good on good like we did last scrimmage, um, you know then it's uh, you know it's kind of like everybody out there swinging axes just to keep their head above water, you know because uh, you know the guy across from you, I mean, uh, he's crazy good too, and he's also, familiar with your plays. We're familiar with their defenses. They're familiar with our offense. So, you know, it's literally just a war. And, you know, it's like uh, it's like two guys standing on a line slugging each other. Uh, with the, uh, you know, if you, if you go with the scouts, you can get in a nice rhythm, but, um, you know, you'd like to raise the speed and competition. And so you're, you're, you're trying to get a happy medium of those two things.
0: One of the biggest struggles that college head coaches have to deal with this season, not just here at Mississippi State, but everybody in the country who's lucky enough to get to play, which now with the Big Ten putting together a schedule and them saying that, you know, hey, we want to try to play towards the end of October, they're now in the mix too. Uh, I guess really the only one now that isn't playing is the Pac-12, Mountain West. I think the Mid-America Conference, they're not playing a full schedule either this year, but one of the big things that uh, a lot of coaches everywhere are having to deal with is not having a spring practice. And that's got to be tough, not only, you know, for those coaches that are, that have been at their school for so long, and they know these players, they've gotten acquainted with them. Heck, they recruited them. Coach Mike Leach hasn't gotten that opportunity just yet to uh, really get to know his players the way that he wants to. He hasn't gotten a chance to be around his players as much as he wanted to. We go back to last week's show where we talked about K.J. Costello and Will Rogers pretty much running the offensive side of the ball and teaching themselves the offense and teaching the receivers and everywhere else what they needed to do in order to fit into this air raid system because the coaches couldn't have any contact with them due to COVID protocols. So this is a brand new type of animal for Coach Leach and the rest of the coaching staff Does he feel like he is where he needs to be?
1: Well, that's never happened. Uh, That's never happened, and it's probably not going to this time. Uh, But uh, relatively speaking, I think we're on schedule. I think we're, um, you know, I think we've got to be kind of smart uh, about uh, limiting, you know, some things need to be uh, polished and put in gradually, and I think, We've got to be smart about not asking uh, our players to do things they can't do at this point and uh, you know, leaning on what they can really execute well and then uh, you know, polish up some of the other more elaborate stuff.
0: More Coach Mike Leach talk coming up in just a few moments. We'll get his thoughts on Garrett Schrader moving from quarterback to wide receiver. Now that Schrader's been at the position for about a week or so, how comfortable does Coach Leach feel about him with the move? How well has he done at practice? We'll also get his thoughts on when we could see him on the field during game play and how often we could see him out there. All of that coming up on Locked On Mississippi State. What if I were to tell you that there was a protein bar out there that was covered 100% in chocolate, Soft and easy to chew, but it was low calorie, low sugar, had high protein, had high fiber, perfect for those on the keto diet, and it helps you lose and maintain weight. Would you believe me? I sure hope so, because I just described Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar has 18 amazing flavors, including one of my new favorites, Coconut Almond. I had one of those today for my breakfast, and it was delicious. It kept me full for a while. And I think I'm going to have another one later on today. The Coconut Almond has only 18 grams of protein, has 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. So they have so many more great flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Apple Almond Crisp, Coconut Almond, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Double Chocolate, Orange, Coconut, Peanut Butter Brownie. They've got so many flavors out there, and you need to try every single one of them. Because I guarantee you that you are going to love all of them. I love all of them, so I know that you will too. And you wouldn't even know it by tasting it. It tastes just like a candy bar, one of the best protein bars that are out there, but it's completely healthy for you, completely perfect for those that are health conscious. So go to builtbar.com, find a couple of your favorite flavors, and when you go to check out, use the promo code on, and you will get $10 off your next order. Again, that's co- promo code on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Find your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar. We talked a lot about this topic last week about quarterbacks and the two quarterbacks that stood out that are going to be competing for QB1 and QB2 are going to be graduate transfer KJ Costello and true freshman Will Rogers from Brandon High School. But that left one other guy that we didn't talk about. What is Garrett Schrader up to? Is Garrett Schrader even in the mix at all? Well, they kind of figured that uh, the race would be between both Rodgers and K.J. Costello, and they really wanted to try to find a way to put Garrett Schrader on the field. So it was released that he has moved to slot receiver, and he's probably been there about a week or so, maybe a little bit more in practice. So now that he's had a week of practice underneath this belt, what's Coach Leach thinking about the move of moving Schrader to wide receiver, and is there a possibility that we could see him on the field at LSU this Saturday?
1: Uh, not sure. Week one, uh, he does a lot of really good things. He's a big target. He's athletic. You know, he's one of those guys that's always happy to be out there. Um, the other thing is, uh, uh, you know, he, he doesn't mind running. We've got to get him in shape, but he likes to run. And then, uh, you know, the other thing, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's pretty good. He's, he, he seems pretty excited. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, um at least lately you know you go out there and as you're plugging through practice he's kind of one of those guys that makes you excited to be out there you know and he's he's quieter about it but uh you know he's bouncing around and cheering and uh, and he's fearless you know so I like that
0: so Garrett Schrader being one of the new players that are playing a new position this year A handful of other position battles that are out there. Of course, the one that everybody's talking about is quarterback. You know, who's going to be QB1? Is it Will Rogers? Is it KJ Costello? Who are some of the targets he's going to be throwing to? Is the offensive line set? What about the defense in general? Well, Coach Leach goes very in-depth of what to expect on these position battles as we lead up to LSU week.
1: (laughs) Shoot, I think virtually all of them, and it kind of depends which hour of the day you ask me, you know. Because it's a constant uh, series of corrections, uh, I think they're all pretty contested. The ones that I uh, most contested, I'd say, receiver. We're looking for some guys to uh, that love football so much that they don't want to give up any reps. And uh, you know, right now we have some guys that do some good things, um, but we're looking for uh, the saying we're, we've been using around here a lot is. Uh, we, we want guys that are consistently good rather than occasionally great. And so then, you know, we have to work towards that. Um, you know, I think the O-line, uh, we have the the right people in there, but we're still working towards consistency there. Uh, I would say the secondary, there's some unanswered questions there. And then after that, you know, I think our D-line plays hard and battles pretty well. I, uh, We'd like to build a, a little more depth there and in uh, at the linebacker position.
0: I liked one of those quotes he had to say right there. He was talking about the receivers, and the quote that he said is, we want to find some of those receivers who love football so much that they do not want to give up any reps. That's key. Of course, you know, when you're being a receiver, you're probably going to be taught sometimes, especially in this offense, that, you know, hey, you're probably not going to get the ball every single time. There's some other guys that we need to shuffle in and out of there because we feel like they're good at any given situation. But there's also those players that really need to step up and uh, they don't want any of their reps taken away and they need to play like it. And I think that's what Coach Leach wants to see heading in uh, to this week. So now we're going to focus on LSU. The LSU Tigers will be welcoming in the Bulldogs at 2.30 uh, on Saturday. and We'll hear... A lot more about this game as the week goes on. We'll also try to get some things from Coach Orgeron as well. But uh, when it comes to LSU, how early is too early to prepare? Mississippi State, uh, they were supposed to open the season the beginning of this month against New Mexico, but all that was completely wiped out uh, due to COVID-19 and altering the schedule. But now the, the uh, SEC is playing an only SEC schedule. They restructure the games a little bit. So now the season will open at LSU, something that's very odd, something you don't see very often. It does happen where an SEC team will open with an SEC team, but not as often as it is this year. And you really don't even get a break when you play in the SEC. It doesn't matter if you play LSU this week, play Georgia next week, play Vanderbilt the week after that, and then turn around and play Ole Miss. Like, none of that matters. Every week is going to be tough. So with that being said, you want to try to focus on your own self. You want to focus on installing a new offense and getting to know these players. But how early is too early to prepare for your opponent and kind of take the focus off of yourself for a little bit?
1: Well, you know, we've started some this week. So we watch a film of the schemes and stuff like that. you got to do a little homework because they lost two coordinators. And then um, – you know the personnel thing's tricky um you know because some guys aren't playing some guys are you know we're seniors they're just out, gone and um you know just uh so you, you try to blend that and uh i'll be the first to tell you it's tricky um you, you take a little comfort in knowing that um they're going through some transition over there themselves but um you know as far as uh deciphering uh Uh, you know, deciphering uh, the whole thing. Um, I just thought of Indiana Jones, but um, just deciphering the whole thing uh, is a little tricky. You know, I mean, uh, this guy can do this, he can do that. Well, a lot of times the guy behind him is just as good or better, you know? And then, um, uh, but you know, I I think that the transition, I mean, we're happy I guess that they're going through some transition. Um, but what that is exactly, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to sort that. Some of it we're not going to find out till next Saturday.
0: Our last clip for today's show talking about the LSU game is just how difficult it can be to prepare for a team like LSU. LSU, they won the national title last year. We all know that. But Joe Burrow's gone. So many of those players, including uh, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Uh, Moss, they're all gone uh, because they went to the NFL draft. And then there were some, like a handful of them, uh, that decided that they didn't want to play this year. They're deciding to opting out uh, due to COVID-19 concerns, or they think, okay, well, I could play this year, but I've got the option not to. Uh, My scholarship's going to be safe no matter what, or I'm thinking about foregoing this year to try to prepare for the NFL and all the money that I'm going to be making this time next year. So a lot of LSU players elected to do that. So that's, you know, kind of difficult in itself. You really don't know what to expect. There's not a lot of film on a lot of those players. But the other thing about uh, winning a national title is more often than not, you're going to lose your coordinators because they're going to get head coaching jobs, or in this case, Joe Brady going to the NFL to uh, take over the OC job at the Carolina Panthers with coach Matt Rule. And another Baylor connection there, Dave Aranda, their defensive coordinator from last year, is now the head coach at Baylor. They bring in Bo Pelini, who's been at LSU one time before. He left LSU to go to Nebraska and then Youngstown State. Now he's back in the Power Five with Coach Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. And now Coach Steve Ensminger is the full-time offensive coordinator now. He kind of shared those duties with Joe Brady last year and then you got to think about the whole learning a whole system learning a whole team that coach leach is having to do coach leach the head coach and he will serve as the offensive coordinator zach harnett will be the defensive coordinator so the question came up during the press conference was how difficult is it knowing that you have to prepare for new coordinators at lsu in addition to working on the team and the new coaches that you're having to get to know yourself in Mississippi state.
1: Uh yeah, it, it's kind of tough. You know, you you try to <clears throat> scramble for film. Um uh I've been involved with teams that have uh, played against uh coach Pellini twice uh, who's of course uh in the middle of the defense there. Um but yeah, it's uh you know, you just kind of try to look at the film and do a, a combination of uh of uh, personneling the team and they have some new faces. Uh, coupled with uh, the scheme that they're going to want to go with. And so it's been kind of a hodgepodge of that.
0: So that's it from Coach Leach today. We'll probably hear from him a little bit later this week as we get ready for LSU week coming up on Saturday. And I know it is LSU week, and we promise to give you the most Mississippi State LSU coverage that we can, but there's one guy that I want to talk about and just how incredible – He was and still is. We'll talk about him when we return. This is Locked On Mississippi State. While we have a few minutes left on the Locked On Mississippi State podcast for today, I just want to take time to give respect to a former member of the Mississippi State Bulldogs football team, a guy that really rose to superstar status when he was here at Starkville. He went on to the NFL and has done so many great things uh, since he's been in the NFL. And one thing that he did that nearly crushed me this weekend when I was watching uh, him play football, uh, and I know here in Mississippi we don't have a professional football team. A lot of people like to go the regional route. They like to pull for the Saints, or maybe those that are a little further north like to pull for the Titans. Uh, Then there are some that uh, geography means absolutely nothing to them, and they like the Cowboys, they like the Chiefs, they like the Packers, they like the Patriots, whoever it is, but me, a little bit about me, since we're still getting to know each other. I uh, was born in Georgia, and my family all grew up in Atlanta. And so when I was born, my family told me, We've been suffering as Atlanta sports fans for a long time and we want you to do the same thing. So I was born and raised an Atlanta Braves fan and Atlanta Falcons fan. Well, yesterday, the Atlanta Falcons traveled to Dallas to take on the Cowboys and my guy, Dak Prescott. Now, Atlanta has, they had a past of not finishing games. They do well to begin with. And then just one thing happens, and they don't win that ball game. Same thing happened uh, Saturday when the Falcons took on the Cowboys. They were up big. Did, uh, Dallas came back for a second. And then the Falcons went on to lead some more. And then before we knew it, the Cowboys were down nine under two minutes to go. Well, who comes in and saves the day, gets things going? Dak Prescott throws a touchdown pass. All right, so now things are getting very interesting. The Cowboys are getting ready to line up for the onside kick, and Atlanta just watches the ball go into the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. That sets up a game-winning field goal, and the Cowboys come back to win 40-39 to over the Atlanta Falcons, ripping my heart out, but I'm so proud of Dak Prescott. He's gotten so much flack from everybody at least one point or another. He has uh, most recently getting attacked by Skip Bayless and just what was a despicable uh, shot towards mental health. But we'll, we're not even going to you know, focus on that because I I don't want to get off on that tangent. I know we've got a little bit of time left. Uh, but Dak Prescott going out there, putting that team on his shoulders, ended up having a really good game, 34-47 passing, 450 yards uh, one touchdown in the air, three touchdowns rushing. Put that team on his shoulders, and that reminded me that Dak Prescott at Dallas, the way he played on Sunday, that's the same Dak Prescott we had at Mississippi State. He rose to superstar status. We loved him at Mississippi State, still love him at Mississippi State, and he's still doing great things in the NFL. Wanted to share this uh, Uh, Tweet from my friend Patrick Kahn. He sent this to me uh, after the game. Patrick Kahn, uh, check out his work on Locked On Longhorns. Uh, Big Cowboys expert as well. He sent me this tweet. He said, Through 66 career games, no quarterback in Dallas Cowboys history has more passing yards or TDs, that is 16,494 passing yards or 99 touchdowns, than our guy Dak Prescott. Amazing. So, Dak, keep doing what you're doing, pal. And we look forward to watching you play the rest of the season. Much more game week coverage coming up on Locked On Mississippi State this week as the Bulldogs get ready to travel to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers on Saturday. We look forward to bringing you that much content. And while you're out there, if you'd love to uh, send us a question or a comment or a concern or anything like that, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M I S S S T. Same handle for Instagram. Or if you're not a big social media person, don't blame you at all. Our email address is lockedonmississippistate at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, get your questions, comments, concerns, all of that about Mississippi State LSU. Send it to us, and we would love to. Uh, give you our response to that as well. But until then, we'll talk again tomorrow. Hell State, thank you for listening to Locked On Mississippi State.